Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into another edition of the Humble and Hungry Podcast. Yes, we are stringing these episodes together like we never have before. And today I have another special guest. He is Ryan Thomas, host of the Thomas Take Sports Podcast uh, on the Buffalo fan base, something that I am very familiar with. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. It's a pleasure being on your show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you taking the time. And so let's get into it. We've got training camp started a couple days ago. Uh, the defense, as expected, uh, the defense seems to always be ahead of the offense, but as expected, the defense, the Bills defense is uh, putting on quite a show as far as, as training camp goes. Certainly uh, glowing reports pretty much coming from, from, I think, all aspects of the defense. So let's let's start with this and then then you can kind of maybe you can just kind of take uh where you want to go with it obviously there's questions not questions people really want to know about von miller the defensive line rotation uh greg rousseau has looked good uh you know sean mcdermott talked glowingly about tremaine edmonds again uh which really isn't a surprise to me obviously he's a bit polarizing in the uh fan base and it seems like the defensive backs are really being real aggressive so far. Now, will that will that carry over to the regular season? We don't know. Obviously, there's some Kair, Elam, Stefan Diggs, good battles going on. So, what are you? What are your first thoughts about the defense um, with the first reports coming out of training camp? I, it's it's nothing that I didn't expect, to be quite honest with you. Uh, as far as just the the expectations that are on this team. Everybody in the national media really talks about Josh Allen, as they should, but they're talking about the the offense a lot, whereas there's guys on this defense that led a number one defensive unit throughout the regular season, and there are guys on this defense that have been on this defense year in, year out, like Jordan Poyer and, and Micah Hyde, um, that are playing with a big chip on their shoulder heading into uh, this uh, heading into you know this training camp. And I think a lot of it stems from dare I say, the 13 seconds game where that defense was picked apart in a very short amount of time by Patrick Mahomes. And over the course of the offseason, everybody was talking about that game, one game of the year at the ESPYs for a reason. And the Bills defense is something that easily comes up in conversation as what the heck happened. And now this defense is playing with a huge chip on their shoulder against arguably the best offense in the NFL uh, on the other side uh, on, on one on one team. So it's an iron sharpens iron mentality. We're at that point where you have a, a youth movement on defense with Kair Elam. Uh, you have Ter- Terrell Bernard, who is getting you know high praise from Leslie Frazier um, as far as how he has gelled into the system and how he has been a physical linebacker for them and has really soaked it all in like a sponge. Um, and I expect this defense to be uh, a unit that raises the bar for itself. The expectations should be high, and they should be even higher than what they expect because this this team is capable of so much more. Uh, these last two seasons, ending in the divisional round against Kansas City, ending in the AFC Championship against the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I would say both seasons I, I could make an argument that the Buffalo Bills actually underachieved rather than overachieved in the last two years, and the expectations are high, but I, I don't think the expectations could be higher. Um, they could be even higher within the locker room the expectations aren't any higher you know in the national media than what they are in the locker room is what i'm trying to say here um and and jordan poyer and and micah hyde are leading the way obviously we'll we'll get into trey white as the show wears on but 
you have uh, you have me smiling when you mentioned Kyrie Elam and, and Stefan Diggs. Who wouldn't? Who shouldn't? Who doesn't love that? Uh, to hear that Kyrie Elam does have this chip on his shoulder and he's getting a little testy with Stefan Diggs. That's what you want out of a corner that you just used a first-round draft choice on. That's what you want out of a rookie corner that's lining up against one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, who has been nothing but productive since coming to Buffalo, who has been nothing but a leader since coming to Buffalo as well. Um, that's That's music to my ears. And seeing reports of that, seeing reports of how Ed Oliver is feeding off of Von Miller um, as a three technique defensive tackle, which you know Von has has credited Aaron Donald for and uh, credited the guys in Denver for being that help uh, alongside him. Right. Um, the expectations are so high, Charlie, and and rightfully so. I mean, I, I'm honestly excited for the chip on their shoulder that they have on the defensive side of the ball specifically, and I think it's going to produce immediate impact results. Yeah, and I think there's an interesting point about the Elam Diggs thing. Like Diggs, I'm assuming knowing what we know from him about him from an outsider's view, he wants Elam to be that way. You know, like, like he's, he's going to respect him more for being that way. I, you know, lessons can be learned obviously in, from your position coach. Um, You know, we've heard that Hyde employer, he's staying late with Hyde employer to do more work. But lessons can also be learned by going against a guy like Stefan Diggs and even talking to Stefan Diggs and, and him giving Elam input on, okay, well, instead of doing this, do this. It'll give me more trouble. You know, if I do this, look for this. And also, I think it's just a great point about how the Bills have kind of underachieved. And I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but when I started kind of going through the analytics and, and, and sort of trying to, to flesh out some of my stuff, I really came away with – and, like, the offense wasn't great last year. And I know that sounds crazy maybe for, for people listening to hear, but it really wasn't. Like, if you go kind of by DVOA, like, they were, they were you know, obviously pretty good, but their their player grades were pretty average for the most part, whatever you want to put into that. Um, and, and defensively, I've, I've – I've always felt like they were sort of doing it with smoke and mirrors. Like the scheme does a lot of work for them and they and credit to them that they play the scheme so well. And and they've done a good job of getting pressure, but when it comes to those key crunch time moments, they haven't had a closer. And they've done all this without a guy who when you need a play can make a play on the defensive line anyway. And now they have Von Miller and his impact along with, you know, uh Daquan Jones at the one tag, I think it's just really going to impact at Oliver. It's going to impact Greg Rousseau. It's going to impact Tremaine Edmonds, and therefore it's going to impact the secondary. And offensively, um, like I said, like they they really kind of struggled for. And, and, and so my thing is, imagine if they don't struggle. Um, imagine what this would look like with with a defense who I think is 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 really elevated their talent, coupled with an offense who's really hitting on all cylinders. This is. I mean, this could be a really scary team, and, I, and I, I, I maintain that the schedule is difficult, although it's not as difficult as I thought it would be looking at it last year. But this could be a really, you know, dangerous team. I mean, this team could really, you know, just go crazy. And I, I like what you mentioned about the, the term closer. 
you know, you do look at the analytics as I do, and I know as you do, and you do see these last two seasons, the offense last season wasn't as one-dimensional as it was the year before. But I say it wasn't as one-dimensional because it still was. I mean, <laughs> up until up until week 10, um, and I remember specifically up until week 10 because every single week on my post-game show, it felt like I was just a record on repeat um, saying that – to make a long story short, where is the run game? I know it's a passing league. I know that the best teams in the NFL have quarterbacks that can throw the ball with relative ease. Josh Allen is one of those guys. But when push comes to shove, when you're playing those upper echelon teams that know you have a great pass game, that know what you do and how you pass the football effectively, you have to have some sort of a fallback plan, which would be the run game. And I think they added two quote-unquote closers uh, on the offensive side as well as the defensive side. Um, you could say Von Miller and Kair Elam are the two on the defensive side. And you could say that O.J. Howard and James Cook are the two on the offensive side. Um, seldomly do you see a team that has been that effective on offense and has shown effectiveness on defense add what could quite possibly be major weapons um, over the course of just uh, one off season, an off season that I make jokes about it all the time. You know, Brandon Bean said to the fans he didn't expect to really add a lot, you know, to the team this year. Well, he he must have had his fingers crossed under the table, or he must have known what his plan was, or maybe he yeah. didn't expect, you know, the plan to flow the way that it did. But nonetheless, they added a lot of talent to this team, and this is already a talented team now with more talent on it with home run threats, with closers, as you said. And, you know, the, the expectations are, are, are so high, and rightfully so, um, due to the results we've seen these last two seasons. And, you know, Von Miller is a guy that I, I think symbolizes just how far they have come. Just signing a player like that, I think he's going to produce, of course. He's produced everywhere he's played. But just signing a player like that cements in stone that, these are not the same old Bills. This is a completely different era that we're living in, um, and this is a team that is going to be a contender for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I think Brandon Bean has done a great job, and yeah, he always is kind of like, well, we'll see. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just funny. And and quickly back to the offense before before we get to like Trey White and stuff like that. You know, I was listening to uh, Locked On Bills, and this might have been two or three weeks ago. And Joe, you know, brought up, he said, hey, man, you know, the tight end production is like 29th in the NFL. And, and if you take away Josh Allen's rushing, the rushing is like 30th in the NFL. And the running back passes are like 30. So um, they've done all this that they've done the last two years, basically just throwing the wide receivers and a little bit to like Dawson Knox. So just right. expanding sort of, you know, sometimes you don't always have to expand upward. You can expand outward. Um you know, although I don't recommend humans do that, but but certainly the playbook um, and adding the 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 um, you know players like that is is really exciting and it's really you know gives teams more things to think about. And then defensively, it's you know it sounds like from what Leslie you know all we've heard is oh he's on schedule he's on schedule he's you know no one knows what that means obviously, because the Bills aren't going to tell us. But Leslie Frazier, I think it was yesterday, kind of said that they're hoping that he's back, Trey White's back for week one. And so to me, 
that's kind of what on schedule means. Like if the defensive coordinator says they hope he's back for for week one, that sounds like they think it's a schedule now. You know, I thought he might end up on the pup list to start the year. But, you know, and the reports are good coming out from Dane Jackson. Like Dane Jackson's playing well. You, you've got Nick, Nick McLeod kind of switched to safety. He's playing well. So, you know, the depth that he's provided in case Trey White isn't here. But, man, I mean, you get Trey White back week one. I think the hardest six, seven games are the first six or seven games. And after that, the schedule's pretty easy. Yeah, I would agree. And and I echo the same sentiments as you. You know, when Trey White went down, that's not just any other injury that he experienced. And he's not just any other player. Uh, Trey White, you want to talk about immediate impact going above and beyond each and every season that he's been a part of the Buffalo Bills. They threw the book at that kid coming in as a kid putting him against, at the time, the best receivers in the league, week in, week out. And not only did he pass the test, he quickly became one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the NFL. He's extremely underrated, in my opinion, just as much as, if not more than, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Uh, Trey White, I really believe that, you know, that injury was one that did change the, the season. I don't want to use it as an excuse as far as what happened, especially in Kansas City. But losing a guy like that on the field as well as off the field in the sense that he can't go back out there as he's standing on the sideline permanently definitely changed the the, the makeup, the leadership makeup, the leadership dynamic of the team. And getting him back is priority number one, I think, for that defense and arguably for that team to hit the ground running as you said, those first six to seven weeks, if they can get him back and, and get him playing effectively as he was um, prior to the injury, then you're just adding another dimension of danger for the opposition that, hey, not only is this team more talented than they were last year on paper, and not only are these guys playing within the right scheme and they're feeding off of each other and the vibes are so good, but you also have one of the best corners back in action, uh, healthy, ready, willing, and able to, to be a shark out there uh, on the field. And I'm really excited for that news. I, I saw him walking you know, onto the field, kind of around the field with some of the trainers and riding the stationary bike and stuff like that. And I know that uh, reports in the offseason were that he was working tireless, tirelessly with physical therapists and stuff of that nature, rehabbing that knee. And it was a gruesome injury. It was a rough injury to watch. Uh, you couldn't really see it. I remember during the broadcast, but they reshowed it. And that clip has circulated um, quite a few times over social media. Those non-contact ACL yeah. injuries are far worse than a contact ACL injury. And, and it's due in large part to the turf that they're playing on, um, pulling your leg one way and the leg and the knee specifically going the opposite direction. And that's exactly what happened. But nowadays with the medical, you know, science and, and, you know, injury advancements that we have towards rehabilitation, uh, an ACL, an ACL, pardon me, an ACL injury is nowhere near as bad as it was 10 years ago. So it's nice to see that he has received the proper care towards that injury, and, and I can't wait to see his return. Yeah, I think, you know, what his presence allows them to do in terms of sort of rotating safeties, who, who gets help where, where they're trying to, you know, direct the offense to, to you know, force them to throw the ball to certain areas, with him on the field, that that certainly opens that up and really allows them to kind of do, obviously, what they really want to do. Right. Uh, quickly before before we get out of here, I know, I know you got some place to be. 
when you when you know you whether it's Facebook or or Twitter and you're seeing reports from the beat writers or from fans that practice who who are you looking for like is there a player or two or, or a position battle where you're really in tune with like man what's going on there you know I, I know a lot of us are like in with the punter and the, the kick return <laughs> battle which sounds a bit silly but that you know that's what a lot of people are focused on is, is there something for you where you really looking for for news from a certain position group or a, si- a certain player Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say just across the board, I, I honestly, I, I can't get enough of this stuff. I eat, sleep, and breathe Buffalo Bills information. You know, I, I try to follow the team with, with an obsessive level, you know, 365 days a year, uh, sometimes to a fault. My girlfriend's saying, hey, you're, you're, you know, you're looking at your phone at Bills stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's only May, but it's it's never too early. <laughs> So, so that's, that's the kind of guy I am, but jokes aside, um, honestly, I am so curious to see how some of these rookies shake out, you know, James Cook being one of them, uh, Carrie Elam being another, uh, and Khalil Shakur, who is receiving rave reviews as far as what he has looked like, uh, early on here in training camp. Um, and obviously the Bills, they not only added the, the big name talent in Von Miller, but they also added, you know, Jamison Crowder, Tavon Austin, names that we know, you know, throughout the league as productive players in their, in their specific role. So seeing if those guys can make the team, um, seeing how, you know, Daquan Jones, who you mentioned, how he's fitting in, mainly seeing how the new players on the roster are fitting into the team. Um, because this is as close a team as the Bills have had since the days, you know, of four straight Super Bowls, the, the AFC powerhouse, you know, quote unquote, missing ring dynasty um, that they were. So it, it is what it is as far as that goes. We're, we're moving on in the future now. We're living in the present and the future. And, you know, the expectations, as I said, have never been higher and, and rightfully so. You know, it, it's it's a little bit odd for me, Charlie, to go through, you know, getting the USA Today, getting the, the papers and the all that stuff that I get every year and seeing that the bills are expected, expected by pretty much everybody to not only be the best team in the NFL wins loss wise for the regular season, but to be the easily favored Super Bowl champions. So the odds makers are expecting the Buffalo Bills to run away with this thing that nobody will even come close to them. And um, that's a that's uncharted territory for me. Uh, I go. I don't remember. I remember pretty far back, you know, and I remember the the agony that was going through those lean quarterback years. And now they have their guy, um, and, and that guy is Josh Allen, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's and it's kind of weird for me, you know, because I was a teenager, you know, in the '90s, the early '90s. I was in high school, and and obviously, I didn't have the cognitive awareness really to, to think about football the the way I do now or the, you know the way we do now being the age I was but you know it was obvious they were extremely good you know and and I'm assuming there were there were times you know where they they were favored um you know going to the Super Bowl and there was certainly after they went to the first one there was there was you know talk of them probably going back again I mean in terms of whatever betting was out there so to go through that kind of and then you know see them sort of try to keep it going but not really and then get through this this drought um you know and and then just kind of look like a normal sports franchise i mean most sports franchises are kind of average and then suddenly to, to find ourselves kind of back 
here. Like it was a little unexpected for me because obviously I knew that there was potential with Josh Allen, but but coming out he was he was pretty bad. I, I think that's that's fair. And you know, you didn't really know, like you had some inklings and obviously the most positive fans were convinced very early. Um, you know, it took me a little longer to to come around, but but suddenly to go from like, man, you know, they're they're pretty good to like <clears throat> they're like the favorite favorite. That's really kind of weird for me. Like, I don't think many many fans really get to experience that kind of like twice in their life, right? Like, right. like if you were around for the AFL days, like, and you, sure you caught maybe, you know, you caught the '90s depending on your age, but just a weird. It's just kind of weird in a good way. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just weird, I guess, too, with all <laughs> the social media. You know, it like is. there was never this much, you know. <clears throat> Right, because there was all in the newspaper back then. There wasn't right. all this other stuff. So, what makes it so weird is, and and I think I'm I'm definitely in agreement with you. What makes it so weird is how quick this has happened. Uh, this has right. happened. This has happened over a four or five year span. That's not a long time, you know. That that's really not uh, going back to 2017 when they broke the drought, you know, and 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 got that. Uh, you know, off their backs. We had Kyle Williams on the team. You had Eric Wood on the team still. You know, those were guys that were tried and true Buffalo Bills players. And now that they're in the successful period that they're in, like, I don't know about you, but as a fan, my heart breaks for, like, the Eric Molds of the world, the the um, Fred Jacksons of the world that, yeah. that didn't get the chance to experience being a perennial contender, you know, year in and year out because they didn't have – a Josh Allen. And I want to hammer that home because Josh Allen is the catalyst for why and how the Bills are where they are. Despite people saying, hey, it's a quarterback-driven league, I want to say, yeah, he is the quarterback of the team and it is a quarterback-driven league, but the the moxie, the mojo, the swagger, all those terms that the kids use nowadays, Josh Allen's got <laughs> it and, and that much more. So we do have to kind of temper expectations, though, because it's so awkward for me to say that there's that there's such massive favorites when this was the team last year that did lose to Jacksonville and they did lose on the one-yard line to Tennessee. I mean, football is football. Right. You know that as well as I do. <laughs> expectations are expectations until September starts. So all this stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm loving it. But at the same time, any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, you know, <laughs> you yeah. never, you never know what can happen. You never know. Right. You know, and, and that's, and that's weird, weird things happen, you know? And, and I think, I think, I hope that the one thing that, that Sean McDermott changes this year is that he doesn't coach scared, certainly in the playoffs against the chiefs. If the bills happen to meet them again, I think, I don't think he coached scared in the regular season against right. the chiefs, but all of a sudden in the playoffs, it kind of seemed like he was coaching scared, maybe not as scared as he was the year before, you know, with the whole Chris Jones destroying Feliciano and, you know, destroying Josh Allen game. Um, but he's always kind of been like, gee, I hope we can't keep up. And I think, you know, this year he has to kind of just be like, well, they need to keep up with us. Yeah. And, and, you know, stop. And he's made some weird decisions. Um, yeah. And I mean, Eric Molds is a great player. And that's the one thing, and I think that's the thing too that maybe in a way is so so painful about the drought, in which I kind of just almost I diverted a lot of my attention elsewhere by like 2010, 2011, because 
it became clear to me they didn't have a plan. Right. And so, like, they were always, like, kind of good. Like, the defense was always pretty good, but they never really had, like, a plan to get they always, quarterback. They always you know? had a great running back, too. <laughs> right. They had great running back. Yeah. They had, like, a great defense. But they were just like, nah, we'll just try to get by with, like, these, you know. And, and so I just was kind of like, okay, this is just getting ridiculous. They'd be better off just kind of tearing it down. Um, and they never really wanted to do that. And so, yeah, I think a lot of those guys, you know, had cheapened. I don't know if cheapens, but look at Aaron Schobel. I mean, he right. was a great player. And and even Marcellus Wiley, I know he got hurt and he left for, I believe, Jacksonville. But but he was a really good pass rusher for the Bills for for a while. And even like a, like a Josh Reed or a Lee Evans. I mean, imagine, you know. Those guys with, like you said, like like a Josh Allen or, a, or right. it's you know it's just it's too bad that they sort of just you know it, it just happened that they kind of ended up in the era that, that they ended up in you know because I think Eric, yeah. man Eric Moles is like Eric Moles is like a monster twenty and he like ran like four 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 monster that guy monster was crazy in today's I, game I love Andre Reed and I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times and. I mean, you look at receiver for receiver, Andre Reid, Bill's GOAT, but just like what you would want in a receiver, Eric Moulds is like physically just off the charts, off the charts, ridiculous, way before his time, I would say, too. Yeah, definitely. Like he was like Andre Johnson before like Andre Johnson or or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yep. um, Well, Ryan, uh, I appreciate you coming on and I know you got to you got to take off. Um, let let all these all the people know where they can find you and, and all your work and stuff like that. Yeah, Charlie, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. Uh, I'm actually in the house hunting market right now, so I'm going oh, to an open house time. tonight. So yeah, it's it's been interesting. We'll see what we'll see what happens with it, but um, you know, putting out the feelers for that. But definitely appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's always a pleasure getting a chance to chat with you. It's been too long. Um, but for the viewers and listeners of the show, you can follow me on Twitter. At Ryan Thomas Take, my my podcast is the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. It's available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, all the audio podcasting platforms, but especially YouTube and Facebook. I have so much content coming out that hasn't even been aired yet. Uh, stuff in regards to fantasy football, position rankings, all all that stuff. Um, so each and every week, Wednesdays, you can catch me on with a guest or without a guest, depending on schedules and stuff. I like to have a guest on either Sundays or Wednesdays, but there's a guest on every single week. And uh, I really appreciate the time that people give you know, to me coming on my show as well as the invite uh, back again. So, Charlie, I'll uh, throw you an invite to come on my podcast sometime before the season starts this August. Uh, extending the invitation to you now. I, I oh. know you're you're pumped yeah. up for Bills football, <laughs> as am I. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on. No, oh, yeah, that that would be great. Yeah, just you know, just let me know what uh, what what day works for you, and, and we'll we'll get that going. And and I want to uh, thank everybody who is either watching or listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ttp underscore charlie. This is the Humble and Hungry podcast, which is brought to you by Twelve Square Trust the Process Analytics. Bills Mafia, find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process.